0: Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam. This is Tech Factor.
1: Welcome, everyone. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And this is the tech factor. The tech factor, right? We're up to episode five of the Tech Factor. The uh, Tech Factor is a podcast about driving business productivity and innovation using technology. So today's episode uh, is all about managed IT, and uh, well, what is managed IT, and and why do you actually need it? So. Uh, we're going to begin by talking a little bit of, about background, about how IT has evolved because this concept of managed IT is a can be a foreign concept to some people for those businesses that are uh, probably a little bit larger scale. They've probably heard of managed IT before. So let's let's dig into a little bit of the background. So I guess, um, you yeah, know, we're talking to the early 2000s. Uh, IT was a fairly simple equation. Uh, the typical IT environment... Uh, I mean, yeah, servers weren't necessarily as common, depending on the industry that you're in. A lot of the technology uh, was still serial-based. So, for example, if you were a, a big retail business or if you were a club and you had a point-of-sale system, most of the time it was serial-based, so it had a, um, a serial connection. So they, some of them were even daisy-chained. Uh, no one knew what a smartphone was, so there was no such thing as a, a smartphone. Obviously, PDAs were just starting to sort of come into play, uh, which... I personally had one. I had a little HP uh, PDA and it was great. Uh, But, um, yeah, it was fairly simple, right? So IT was a a fairly simple equation. But I guess what's evolved uh, certainly in the last 10 years and even probably a little bit more than that now uh, is that the IT infrastructure has slowly become more and more connected. So uh, these days – your point of sale is part of your network. Uh, if you're, again, in the clubs industry or casinos, again, your gaming is part of your network. Your CCTV, which used to be all on coaxial cable, is now part of your network. It's all IP-based. Your phones are now connected parts to, to your IT network now. Uh, you know, so Back in the day, maybe you maybe had one accounting PC that ran a copy of Myob or QuickBooks or something like that. But now, now, again, that's all integrated, and a lot of people now have cloud-based accounting systems. You know, We have uh, a lot more devices than what we used to have. So in most businesses, you know, again, back in the day, there might have been one or two computers in the uh, in the office uh, area or maybe even three or five or ten or whatever, but there was very little in the way of networking. Now we have literally hundreds of devices, and we also have hundreds of wireless devices as well. They're constantly going in and out of our network. So there's a, a big change in the way that uh, security has changed in that regard. As a massive change in security. A, we're storing a lot more data. There's a heaps of data that we're storing digitally that we used to maybe file away or maybe used to be faxed or whatever. So the amount of data we're dealing with these days has changed massively. So, you know, it's no longer good enough to just, you know, do your, your once a month backup on your on your single little computer and, and away you go. It's uh, We now, we're backing up daily, you know, several times a day. We backup monitoring is now absolutely critical if you're any type of serious business. You need to have uh, people there constantly monitoring your backup systems to making sure that they're working and actually testing and validating the backups as well. Uh, So, yeah, absolutely critical stuff. Uh, Even that now uh, almost isn't enough. You need to start to use EDR technology as well, which we we might get into a little bit later, but EDR is uh, basically the new level of technology which allows us to uh, automatically and quickly recover from uh, disasters as well. So it's the type of thing that if you're – Serious organization you need to look into, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, highly malicious uh, malware and ransomware. I mean, you know, the, the, the ransomware and also zero day uh, malware, which so zero day malware is malware that hasn't been seen before in, in the real world, uh, it's increased massively, you know, thousands of percent increase over the last 10 years. And we're, we're talking highly malicious uh, systems that can destroy networks within hours, completely wipe out an organization. We have seen many examples of businesses that get completely wiped out by uh, one hit of a particular type of ransomware and and it's not uncommon for those businesses to go out of business as a result of that. Uh, we Obviously, we've also – one of the big changes in the recent trends in recent years has been, the, again, the cloud adoption. So we've got a lot more – uh, cloud-based solutions, whether it be your cloud-based accounting or your uh, obviously you got uh, your office programs that are called me cloud-based now. If you're using G Suite or Microsoft 365, there's all these different programs which are great because it means again you can access your applications from your tablets or from your smartphones or from other devices and be in and out of your network. But it also creates uh, more vectors for attack, so it creates more ways that your systems can be compromised. Uh, so. Uh, just by the nature of the fact there are more systems uh, that are out there exposed uh, to the web. So, and the other thing is, well, so everything is all integrated. So, you know, again, this is, goes back to the point that if you've got a, let's say you have one cloud application, right, and it's got integration with Evolve 365, with it's got integration with your accounting software and and whatever, and maybe that particular application doesn't have two-factor authentication. Well, it's your weakest link, and Again, with all this integration, if that application gets exposed, then the rest of your all your systems can get exposed as well, even though they may not necessarily have direct access to those systems. So, I guess the bottom line is IT has changed a lot. There's a lot more data. There's a lot more systems, and it needs regular attention. So that's where IT has sort of evolved from. It it's not it's not as simple as it used to be. And so, I guess that leads into a Sam really talking about you know what is the difference between. I guess where you uh, have what we call break fix. So if something goes wrong, you ring up someone, go something's wrong, please fix it. uh, Versus a more managed approach where someone is regularly monitoring and managing your IT systems.
0: Yeah, and that's I suppose that's where we we're talking about today is you know the difference between um, managed IT and the break fix uh, approach. So. Uh, With break-fix, IT services are provided as requested. Pretty much if something goes wrong, you ring up uh, either your regular IT person or another IT company and you tell them what's wrong and they will come out and fix the problem. Um, Whereas with managed services, the provider offers a holistic IT support in terms of conditions at a detailed level agreement. So... You know, you might have uh, proactive monitoring and maintenance done remotely or face-to-face regular on-site visits from IT staff that will look after your business and um, pretty much just take care of everything rather than waiting for something to break. Um,
1: Mm. Go on. Well, 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 one of the things I was just going to say just about that as well, just with the break-fix, I mean... You mentioned that people ring up when something's wrong. The other thing about it is that's not – sometimes the customer doesn't necessarily know if something's wrong, right? So that's the other – the the burden – I think we're going to talk about this as well – is that the burden really is on them to to know whether there is something actually wrong. And if I'm not a – if I don't understand technology or if I'm not right up on, uh, you know, the systems, I might not necessarily notice something is wrong. There may be something seriously wrong that I don't notice until a month later, so – yeah, I, I can
0: think of just one example in particular, Ben, where it goes, uh, a, a business won't know if a hard drive is failing or is, if it's on its way out inside of a inside of a computer and that computer could be mission critical. But, you know, your, your IT team may already ha- know that. So, you might be able to get the, the computer replaced and the uh, hard drive fixed before anything even happens where with a break-fix model, the computer will just die one day. You might even lose data and and business. Hmm. So that's probably so, my my favourite example <laughs> between the two.
1: And it's it's probably a good uh, segue into, I guess, really let let's talk about some of the the downsides too. You know, the whole break fix approach where you ring up someone and. Yeah, you know, uh, once something physically breaks and request them to fix it. So let's talk about some of the flaws about that.
0: Yeah, so there's a few of the uh, fundamental flaws in the break-fix model is pretty much a misaligned incentives and goals. So your IT service provider only gets paid when there's problems. That creates a dynamic where the uh, service provider wins and the clients lose because uh, the, the service provider is hoping that something will break and you may even find you might get sloppy work knowing that the device or the service will break again so then the IT team have to come out again
1: yeah it's, it's a really important point like I think this is it, it, of all those sort of the key rationale I I, I feel like this is a, a really um, a really important one because we're talking about because uh, it with a managed approach right uh, it, it generally it, it was it's always a fixed amount that the the client pays so you know, the, the thing of it is that with in this type of a scenario, uh, I mean, the, the, there's a massive benefit for both the provider and for the client in, in a fixed price scenario to make sure that things are properly and permanently fixed. They don't want to be like if I'm a service provider or as what we call ourselves MSPs. Uh, we want to make sure things are working nice and concealed. We don't have to be going backwards and forwards constantly under a managed arrangement because it, it costs us more money. We want to make sure that we get things with fixed with permanent, reliable solutions. Whereas if you're a, if you just get paid when things are uh, you know are, are broken uh, and you just go in and go in there and just get it as you know fixed as needed, you're right. There's no there's no motivation or there's no uh, you know they're not going to put as much time and effort into trying to fix and address an issue when. Uh, again, like they'll they'll benefit potentially in the future again if it does break again. So, yeah.
0: well, it, with that uh, break fix model, you know, you, the IT technician, if the, if they go out and do an excellent job and the problems fixed completely, well, they may also not have any more work there. So, you know, that that's where those uh, incentives and goals are misaligned. Where the the IT person wants work. So you know you never know what exactly.
1: Yeah and, and we're not we're not implying that that an IT person is particularly dodgy or whatever but we're just saying that there's there's no motivation to to do additional work on it. For example like you might go okay well I fixed the problem but then I might want to spend an extra hour optimizing something or or to, or trying to try and create a maybe installing other piece of software to create a more permanent solution. And now, you, now in a break fix situation you're not going to do that because you know you go well I've already fixed the problem I've done, I've dealt the I've met the minimum requirements in that regard, and and that's that. But if you're, um, you've got you've got a managed approach, you're going to spend an extra time because then you know you're not going to have to come back in six months' time to to go through and fix the same issue. So, that's really what it comes down to, and that's a benefit, massive benefit to both the client and the and the provider.
0: Yeah, and then we get into some of our other um, flaws with the break fix model is your unpredictable costs. Because break fix is reactive and case by case, it's you know the client can't really budget. A business can't budget of what's going to break and when and how much it's going to cost. Um, whereas on a um, sorry managed approach, yeah, on a managed yeah. approach, um, you know th- those costs are fixed, and you know y- you c- you can definitely work with your managed provider on creating those budgets and. Most managed providers will sit down with a business and are more than happy to go through things like how much uh, an IT budget should be and what to expect over the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, and that's that's pretty standard, uh, particularly uh, with what we do in, in our own uh, business. We always talk to our clients and we engage with them and go, look, this is the types of things we need to to look at in terms of upgrades for the next 12 months. And, and we, we plan them out well in advance. And, you know, it, it is a really... Yeah, you know, it's a really important factor in uh, being proactive and making sure that uh, we keep things operational. Because the the thing is, again, if you wait for something to fail, uh, just the you know, well, there's a whole. I mean, the, the, the situation is massively stressful for one, just for both the client and and for us. Uh, but then you know you end up your potential data loss and you create all kinds of problems where. You, you know, a lot of the times if we wait for something to fail, particularly if it's a server, you know, it can take a, a couple of weeks to prep and, and get ready. So you, you're you rushing to try and get some kind of system operational as a temporary fix, and it's just an absolute mess. Like it's, it's, an, it's a nightmare. So if you can have some predictability and all and say, right, we're going to budget this and this this year, and with a managed approach, they'll sit down with you and they'll help you manage your budget in terms of your IT stuff and they'll go through it all. Uh, you just have a, a much smoother approach. You know exactly what you're going to get. And uh, it makes life a, a hell of a lot easier.
0: And we definitely know from our experiences that if it's not planned, it can be very, very expensive. You know, IT can be very expensive if you don't plan it correctly.
1: Uh, it's always, I mean, the thing is, as well, just the sheer fact when you do, um, yeah, you're doing after-hours work a lot of times when when something serious breaks. That's not that's unplanned, so it's it's a very costly experience. So uh, again, the unpredictable cost is another really important point. Yeah,
0: and then here's one that you touched on earlier, Ben, and so the burden is placed on the client or the business owner. Uh, the break fix models requires clients to be the decision makers, and it's often a position they don't want to be in, and may not even be qualified to be making those decisions.
1: <laughs> I've seen plenty of examples of this over the years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah,
0: we've had it. We've, we've um. seen it <laughs> a lot. Whereas you know the the business may not be very tech savvy, and you know the the business manager or the person making these decisions. The decision maker might not know anything about a server or RAM or you know what kind of software. Or they might have a little bit
1: of knowledge, but very very minimal. Yeah, but they might have a little bit of knowledge, which is dangerous. That's that's the point I was going to make. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. like you know, some knowledge about like you know what the computer at home uses or something may be very very different to what your business requires, and. I think having someone who understands the technology and has worked with it for many, many years is always good.
1: Look, I've seen so many examples of this over the years. I I wouldn't even know where to start, but the the worst one that really stands out to me and that will forever be imprinted in my mind is when we went on site and we did an audit of a site which they had inverted commas, an IT guy. Again, it was a break-fix situation where they would – uh, come on site uh, and um, go ahead and fix something when there's an issue. The first thing we ask when we go on site do you have do you have backups? Oh yeah, we got backups. Oh yeah, you know, do they run? Yeah, we got backups. Yeah, we, they work all the time. With, it's plugged in over here. You know, they, I went through and I checked it out, and the backups hadn't successfully run for two years. So uh, they Just because it's plugged
0: it, in doesn't mean it's working. <laughs>
1: And just because it says it's run successfully, doesn't even mean it's run successfully either. So, uh, oh my god! So you know they were in a situation where uh, they and they actually badly needed to replace their server. So, I mean, the timing that we came in was uh, impeccable, uh, but it was uh, it was scary because I looked at that and going, well, geez, these guys—they're literally, um, you know, I don't know how to say it without making this episode explicit, but. It was not a good situation, and I, uh, you know, it's just another example. But yeah. they didn't know; they, they they just assume, oh, the backup ran, oh, I got this thing plugged in, it must be working. But they don't check that stuff. They don't have the qualifications for it. And, and sometimes they don't even
0: have the time to check that stuff, even if they do have a bit of knowledge on it. You know, you're, well, you're no, running their the business, role. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not it's not their role. They shouldn't be saying they have to worry about regardless. So, uh, it, it is a really it is a real problem. Like, it is a massive problem, and that's where a lot of businesses come unstuck, where they. Have the whole brake fix approach with some brakes and re-ring some up to fix it like that is the biggest issue that you will see um with uh that particular type of model uh, so sam well, what about the next one what else so, you got for yeah, us yeah
0: there's a few more here but we can probably smash them all together <laughs> <laughs> in, we'll <see> in, it. <laughs> in reality you know we, we've already touched on it is downtime. so you know with the brake fix break-fix approach, you will have, let's say, a server breaks and you lose everything that you've got currently and, and none of your computers work and you, all your files are unaccessible or your internet goes down and something blows up or whatever. You know, you you have that downtime where it's trying to get a replacement. You know, you've already said, Ben, that in urgent times, it can take weeks to have complex servers organized and up and running and it can be all sorts of data recovery or making huge yeah. changes oh, oh, oh. to the business
1: the, the cost is really interesting because a lot of people don't really understand or ever calculate the cost because the cost often can sometimes be a hidden cost it won't necessarily it won't directly show up in your PL. so you won't you won't see it as here's the cost of you know screwing up your it uh but what it actually is and so like give you an example so let's say you have a um, a server that runs your point of sale system. So you've got, maybe you're a big restaurant or whatever. Uh, so let's say the point of sale server goes down. Okay, well, there's actually, there's a whole bunch of costs um, in relation to that. So there's there's the staff time. So the staff time is the most obvious one. It's very easy to calculate. Obviously, you calculate the number of staff that you've got based on their average hourly rate and based on the number of hours of downtime. So effectively, if staff have to, um, write everything down on pen and paper and they can't use the point of sale system for a few hours where you go, okay, well, you know, there's my lost productivity there. I can calculate the hourly uh, rate of my staff. I can work out what the staff cost of, of that system going down is. Straight away we're probably already into the thousands. Uh, then, we, you know, we talk about our productivity costs. So, again, there are, there are costs in relation to that as well where staff maybe can't do maybe back-of-house functions or other things. Um, so they're sitting around doing other bits and pieces or, I don't know, mopping the floor instead. Um, you've got your income loss, so you've got your physical uh, income loss, so when clients can't actually, uh, you know, or customers can't actually physically use your services, there's going to be income that's going to be lost as a result of that. And then you actually get on to the, the actual IT side of it, which is the data cost. So then you've got your data and IT costs and stuff like that that are related to that actual scenario. So, you know, you can easily, if you can mitigate against these types of costs or these scenarios, you save yourself, you know, thousands potentially tens of thousands of dollars every time you mitigate against one of these types of instances so people really need to understand and calculate the the cost of of these things going down because i don't think it's something we don't talk about enough and it's something really important in any business these days if you know if if your systems go down you know and and if you're out for a day uh you know you, you could be you know literally doing yourself away thousands of dollars and the other thing that i i have here I've heard, I I read a story uh, yesterday actually about an an attorney that's like oh well why do I need managed IT I um I there's a whole bunch of little things I just fix them myself and the and the the first question that this uh, this service provider asked I said you know how much do you charge an hour and and you know and you're helping someone fix their mouse and keyboard like do the math like it's 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 insane instead of you spending time. Going through and, and working on a on a client's files, you're you're going ahead and helping someone reboot their computer. Uh, you are costing yourself a lot of money, and and so it's not it's very easy. I mean, it's human nature, right? I guess we sometimes don't necessarily think about these costs, but they are there, and um, it doesn't take much to understand how much it's actually costing you by by not doing this. So. Um, it's a real big thing to talk about, and, the other, and again, that goes into the whole short-sightedness we were going to talk about. You know, again, the whole about the whole thing about short-term fixes, and you know, just oh, I'll just jump on and make make my fix myself. And look, ultimately, it, you know, it is more expensive, so it's it's a more expensive approach. Uh, it may it might seem cheaper because you're just having to pay for it when you absolutely need it, um, but every time you need it, it ends up being ultimately. Uh, substantially more expensive and you know the whole thing is remediation is always more um, expensive than prevention so you know it's the whole thing of like hey you know I, i can eat a healthy diet you know or i can go ahead and and uh you know spend the rest of my life you know with diabetes and insulin and all the medical expenses and everything that go with that and depending on which country you're in that's a lot of money so it's always if you just do the right thing in the first place it's always a hell of a lot cheaper um than uh, trying to remediate it later on. So, And there's another thing I'd like to pop in there, Ben, is that um,
0: with managed services and, you know, I, I'm going to talk about us a little bit here is with, you know, we've integrated ourselves with a lot of our clients' business overall. You know, we've, we've almost become a part of some of these businesses where we help to make decisions. They will often come to us with even non-IT business questions and how will that affect IT and, you know, where, where where should we look in five years time? Where should we look in 12 months time? And, you know, we sit down with our clients regularly and we'll often just talk about business rather than, you know, okay, we need to spend this much money and install this. It's not so much about just installing new computers and fixing broken ones as it is being a part of your business and
1: yeah it is it is very interesting because that is the whole thing of um you know it's not just about integration of technology now it's also you know the business and technology are are integrated almost as one like they 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 go hand in hand these days like if you
0: we can't just come um, in and talk about computers without talking about human resources without talking about finance without talking about the business's goals and their like you know, their strategic strategies and things like that. Like you know, it's, yeah, it's integrated. It's, it's all connected.
1: Now. Yeah, it's it's absolutely all connected, and that is it's a really important point because you know often the the first thing that that I personally do when I, I sit down with a client is I, I do I ask them about their business and I try to understand uh, what they you know what what their business is about you know where they make their money what what costs the money because again that really leads into the technology conversation and it leads into how we frame uh, what we do for them so there may be you know, there may be certain types of expenses that we can identify early on and go, "Hey, look, we can." You know, when we start to talk about software upgrades, we're not just talking about the technology advantages. We go, "Okay, well, if we do this particular upgrade, we can actually deal with that particular expense in in the P and L." So we can specifically target aspects of the business uh, to to improve the bottom line, or or improve staff productivity, or you know, reduce staff turnover. I mean, that you know, staffing issues are massive issues, and and you know, technology frustrations are, are one of those things. You know, if, if staff are you know, can't do their job half the time because the technology doesn't work you're going to have massive issues with staff so there's whole there's so many aspects to a business that rely on on having a you know a strategic approach to, to technology and it's just saying that can't be ignored these days so um, what we might do so I, I guess really, I mean, that really goes on about the better alignment and, the, and again, so um, so that's really about basically aligning uh, the, uh, you know, the goals of both the business. Um, and the other thing is, well, I just want to give you a quick example. So, you know, we talk about the business stuff, like, you know, I remember one example of one client where we, um, you know, we've literally turned one business unit around from making a loss to making a profit and that was a a conscious effort of going through and understanding how that business worked or that business unit worked, working out where the issues were, you know, in both the human resource inside, the training, uh, the the software integration, the whole nine yards, and then putting together a complete solution to actually, and, you know, it took a lot of time as well. It took probably about a year um, but by the time we got everything sorted out, but that turned that entire business around. So and, you
0: know, with really- that business in particular, yes, they did end up spending a significant amount of money on IT to do this, but they also saved a lot of money on unnecessary things that they were paying for before, and and that in turn, with some of their change in management styles and and the, their business goals, you know, we we helped them turn it around and start making a profit. And whilst, whilst that sounds like, you know, we're almost like financial advisors, you don't actually quite understand how much your IT and how much you spend on it really does affect those things.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, is there any other points, Sam, that, that you've got down there on your little notepad?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, managed providers will help with better stability, you know, most MSPs will provide twenty four seven monitoring and proactive maintenance, which we do here at Club IT, and it, it helps us and helps a lot of managed service providers to quickly respond to issues. Um, we can get notifications twenty four seven whether a server goes offline, whether a computer has a virus, you know, whether there's a computer with a failing hard drive. And that's where we can go to those businesses and we can go, hey, look, we can spend X amount of money and we can save you a whole ton just by fixing this issue before it causes a bigger problem. Um, And that's the same with, like, it creates infrastructure upgrades rather than simply applying band-aids. Managed service providers provide clients with a more robust and secure IT environments, you know, managing the network performance, making sure that backups are working, making sure antivirus is working, having proper business email set up and a help desk so you know where staff and business management can just send off an email or through a client and your managed service provider can just reply and um, fix the problems within a um, a, a, usually a pretty reasonable time frame and um, generally generally it's cheaper than having um, in-house IT as well so there's always another.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, so certainly if your business is at the stage where you're trying to weigh up, uh, and we can talk about this in another podcast, uh, basically hiring your first IT guy uh, versus uh, looking at a managed service provider. A managed service provider, a good one that's that's uh, basically has a proper strategic – I mean, there are certainly bad ones and good ones, but a good one will will not only be cheaper but actually will have a larger skill set than what you'll get with one individual uh, st- uh, staff members. So because it's important to point out that even if you get a higher a- a- IT person, and, and often look, we have sites where we uh, may, uh, and we do have great relationships with our IT um, staff and IT directors of organisations that we work with, uh, often they'll, they'll you know, they'll have understandings of a lot of the basics, but they still need the specialities. They still need to understand specialities in certain systems and certain technologies, and that's where we come in. So certainly in some scenarios, we also work with in-house IT where we have in-house IT, and then we have us as a support role. But if you're in the stage of your business where uh, you're looking at maybe hiring your first IT person, you might be able to uh, save some money by just going with an a MSP and having a, a more direct uh, agreement with them. Uh, that's also an option for for some providers, uh, for some cl- customers as well. So I guess, um, you know, the, the big question, I you know, that we were going to answer today was why do you need it? Well, I, I kind of feel like we've already answered that, Um I mean, really, the the difference between having an, an approach where something goes wrong, you ring up, trying to fix and versus a managed approach is massive. And really, in in the modern IT world, I mean, things have evolved. You know, you need a more strategic approach to IT. Uh, it's, all, it's more connected. There's more ways for things to go wrong. So it's just to have someone manage all that and to deal with all those issues, to deal with the risk, to have the qualification and the knowledge, and to also really help drive your business. I mean, as I said, if you use IT properly – it can be a money maker. A lot of people see, uh, well, some some people will see IT as a cost. But if you do IT properly, IT can actually be a competitive advantage in your business. And it's really important to point that out. You know, if, you, if we minimize the cost of downtime, we're not only going to be saving money, and if we have a strategic approach to IT, we can also find ways to make money as well. So you know, it's it's a really, you know, it's a technology there and. Depending on your approach, you know, there's different ways to utilise that technology, and it's the same with any piece of technology. But if, if you're smart about it, you know you can make that technology work for you, and uh, it can not only be a cost saver but a money maker, and uh, you know play a massive role in your business. Any other things, thoughts, Sam? Before we wrap up,
0: yeah, no, I I think you've pretty much touched on everything there, Ben. And you know it just comes down to that cost of downtime, strategic approach, your own time, what's your personal cost, risk, predictable costs. And that, you know, like we said at the start of this podcast, Ben, you know, it's IT has changed. It's integrated to nearly every single point of your business. Now, you know, everything is interconnected from your POS gaming unit systems, you know, to all down to your finance software, to your computers, your emails. You know, the, equity, the, the other security. thing that's really
1: changed is security I mean because the thing of it is these days uh, a business is more likely to actually be attacked uh, in the cyber world than in than the real world uh, and you know we there's less and less of the the you know physical robberies these days the you know the cr- criminals are gone online and that's that's where they can actually make their money uh, and being far more anonymous and actually be a little bit more successful so and the reality of it is that if you're on a business that's taking a proactive approach or a managed approach to IT, we call it proactive because we have a our model is called Club IT Proactive. Uh, but if you're not taking that approach, you are going to be exposed to that issue. And, and uh, what we are also seeing now is is a change in uh, so cybersecurity insurance is a big thing, to grow an in industry. And as that evolves, they're going to have they're going to enforce more and more requirements on business that if you want to get cyber insurance. You're going to have to tick all these boxes. You're going to have to have a managed approach to IT. You're going to have to have backups and, and all your managed firewalls and all these things in place in order for you to qualify for cybersecurity insurance. So something to be very conscious of because uh, whether we like it or not, uh, this is where it is evolving. And, uh, you know, putting aside put that, the reality of it is that it's just such a much better model for a business and it'll deliver better outcomes. It'll save money. It'll provide predictable budgets. It'll just—it's a win-win-win across the board. So, if you're not doing managed IT, have a look into it. If you are based in Australia, certainly give Club IT a ring. We can certainly help you out with that. Uh, so, uh, I would highly encourage you to check that out. But uh, that's a wrap. So, I think that uh, sums up our episode. So, that was why, uh, or what is managed IT, and uh, and why do you need it? So, uh, let's wrap that up. I'm Ben, and I'm Sam.